helping you live life optimally. This is Tate Talks from Radio 111. Here's functional medicine expert and host, Jason Tate. Welcome to Tate Talks. My name is Jason Tate. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Today's show features a well-known pain management doctor who is here to share his passion to help those suffering from aches and pains by using simple at-home methods for pain relief and optimizing your health and happiness. Do you truly know the difference between fruits and vegetables? Really? <laughs> After today's show, you certainly will if you don't already know. And of course, I'll lead you on a beautiful guided meditation to bring a measure of peace and positivity to your day. Thank you for choosing Tate Talks. We're here on Radio 111 and on all major podcast platforms, bringing you health and wellness information from experts across the country. So the wellness and health community here in the Coachella Valley is a pretty small community, but we're growing. And I love the fact that it is a small community because I do get to meet some very talented and gifted and wonderful, amazing human beings in the health and wellness community. And so one of them, uh, a guest on my show that's been on shows before, Dr. Joseph Scherger, uh, through him and then also my wife as a Pilates instructor and her business partner, Lisa trains my guest uh, in Pilates. And so we've, it's funny, we've kind of crossed paths inadvertently a couple of times. And now here he is in the show today. So I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Jeff Smith. Jeff. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. It's nice to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Of, of course. Love it. And we're going to talk about some really interesting stuff today. So in addition to some of the things that we're going to get into, what is it? What is a daily life for Dr. Jeff Smith? What What do you do? I'm a traditionally traditionally trained physical medicine rehabilitation doctor, pain management subfellowship. So after medical school, I went into a physical medicine and rehab uh, residency and trained to be a physiatrist. We don't usually use the term physiatrist because it sounds too much like psychiatrist. <laughs> I like that. So PM&R doctor, <laughs> rehab doctor. I did a fellowship in pain management, interventional spine and sports medicine. So my week looks like this. Half the time I'm in clinic seeing patients, half the time I'm doing procedures. Procedures mainly involving the spine because that's where most of our chronic pain uh, syndromes in the United States are related so spine related procedures and clinic time okay Mm -hmm. and these procedures uh you know epidurals and things like that epidural steroid injections of course are still a mainstay in uh, pain management nerve blocks nerve ablations where we literally take nerve supply away from areas that have chronic pain nerve stimulation and some other minor surgical procedures and i work with an entire uh, comprehensive spine team uh, which has surgeons as well and other folks uh, all working together. Fantastic. Love it. Thank and you. I mean, being somebody who has been a lifelong athlete still to this day, I know what it feels like to be in pain. Sure. <laughs> and it doesn't feel great. <laughs> yeah, it certainly. Uh, yeah, right. It certainly puts you on the bench and it's not a great feeling. So no, it's not. for somebody who does this and brings a measure of relief right to your patients that must be very rewarding it is rewarding and the traditional practice of pain management with the interventions that we speak of the procedural things injections and so forth are are rewarding the medication management sometimes can be rewarding when you find the right uh the right protocol for somebody sure and 
the comprehensive approach is using physical therapy, using all the other traditional things like biofeedback and pain psychology. Right. And now I'm getting into some more modern techniques as well as uh, some things in Ayurvedic or, or you know, medicine that we've realized that we've had access to for a long time yeah, and we just yeah. don't utilize well. Well, let's talk about that, right? You Absolutely. know, you and I have had discussions about this, your curiosity, your passion for helping others and yourself included has taken you down some roads where, you know, speak to this as far as not necessarily homeopathic, but what are some alternative med- you know, alternative uh, methods for pain management and just kind of working through it and preventative yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm pr- very proud of the skills that I've uh, utilized and learned in my in my career and in my training, again, with the interventions and traditional approach. And I've really had some deep dives into other modalities that I have utilized myself with some back and neck issues through my 20s and 30s. Now I'm in my early 40s, and I've realized that there's things that I can empower my, my patients and the community uh, by educating on other modalities that utilize body and mind. You mentioned Pilates. That's one of many, yoga, Pilates. I work with a lot of uh, practitioners in, in the area, in the Coachella Valley, uh, who have approaches that are different than the skills set that I have. I'm learning about them as I go, but uh, it's nice to have a community of people that I've, be, I've familiarized myself with such as acupuncturists, uh, uh, medical hypnotherapy specialists, uh, and again, trainers. Trainers because movement is so important. The right. way we move, especially as you said, athletes like you and me, right. and a lot of my golfers and tennis players, as we're aging, we're getting, of course, orthopedic and neurologic problems. And the things that I've, again, traditionally been trained to do can help, but it also is wonderful to find that they take advice from me in the clinic and I give reading and I give podcasts and I give, um, you know, apps for the phone for meditation and mindfulness and breath work, because these are the things that I I believe that people should be utilizing on their own. And so empowering the the person to do things to prevent flare-ups and when a flare-up of a chronic pain issue is occurring, ways to get through it, at least until they can see me for the injection that might actually be the, the right thing to do as well. Right, right, because they don't have access to you anytime they want. Right? Often they don't have access for a little while. We're, we're yeah. quite busy, we, uh, but at the same time, we pride ourselves on a, a pretty large group and program. And so people can get access, but yeah, it might be a Saturday. Yeah. It might be a golf outing when, <laughs> yeah, you're, right. when, you're, when you're in Hawaii golfing and your back's killing you. It's nice to know some techniques. Yeah, exactly. And so... Are there anything, uh, any events that have occurred or uh, for yourself? I know that with your job, you know, sometimes you've got to, you know, be in a certain position for a long period of time. And this then, of course, can translate to what a listener would be experiencing with, you know, what they're doing in their job and in their life. So I, you know, what are some things that you feel like were some home runs for you that you had to learn to you, you mentioned movement. Maybe there's some dietary things. What are some home runs for you that have helped you manage your own personal issues with pain? Home runs, definitely, as we've touched on, our movement and learning that instead of guarding when having a flare up or starting to experience some neck or back discomfort, to 
continue to move in a fluid way and to not guard it too much for too long, or you're going to be stuck in a compensation pattern, which will lead to nerve pain. It, it may exacerbate the sciatica where if you strain a, a ligament or a tendon in the back and, and not just back, but shoulders and knees and hips sure. and an underlying orthopedic and, and uh, degenerative condition definitely may need surgery at some point, or of course the procedures that we do. But in order to get through flare-ups, it's nice to be able to breathe through it, to, to add breath work and okay. deep breathing and different techniques with breath work. Some of the other things that I've realized are posture. Posture and, you know, I yeah, I, half my week, as I mentioned, I'm standing doing a procedure on, on somebody, and usually they're fairly quick couple-minute procedures, an injection in the back, so for example. And if I'm doing a lot of those and I'm repeating the same position over and over again, if I'm putting a needle in your neck a few yeah, millimeters yeah. from your main artery, you, yeah. you, you know, I need to use a, a pattern that I'm obviously used <laughs> yeah, to and not right? be experimenting with new <laughs> positions. And of course, that's true in, in, in most jobs, uh, you know, when welding, someone's not going to use their left hand probably exactly. if they're right-handed. Yeah. So, so learning posture and learning ways to uh, compensate for those compensatory patterns are important. The other thing that I, I'd say is something I've learned that I uh, protect is sleep and my recovery because I, I do a lot of endurance sports and over the years having delayed onset muscle soreness and soreness that happens a day or two after, which I'm constantly teaching my, my right. patients who right. golf and do other sports and, and exercise, we have to understand that about, about ourselves. And so part of it is just education and realizing that pain is unfortunately a part of our lives, especially when we're active sure. and it doesn't have to, you don't have to suffer. So I protect my sleep I, because sleep is, is God's gift of natural recovery for the mind and the body. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be doing some shows in the future about sleep and talking about how important sleep Absolutely. is Sweet. exactly so i was thinking about this as you were speaking ice and heat like mm -hmm. where where are you at with that good question uh, <laughs> when do we uh, ice unfortunately when I mean, do we use heat honest, when do we alternate oh geez it's, it's honestly it, 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 it's a, that, jason has a bit of a loaded question <laughs> because a lot of people in my field feel differently there is definitely um, well, how do you feel about it? I, I trust feel that you. an acute inflammatory thing, <laughs> yes. whether it's a chronic condition that you have an acute flare-up, ice is better than heat okay. because it's inflammation and that's, exactly. that's the best natural anti-inflammatory that we have is ice and rest, right. uh, relative rest, not resting too long. You want to get yeah. back to movement as, yeah. we, as we talked about. Uh, but heat is great for chronic spasm or when you feel uh, that you have a muscle spasm and not necessarily a nerve pain down the leg or okay. just a joint that's hurting and it's muscular, then heat is a, is a good idea. And we always want to practice safety with not more than 20 minutes of ice or heat any time and then, and then taking it off for uh, 20 or 30 minutes and then you can reapply it. And then once that those aren't working as much, then seek medical care. Okay. Um, and moist heat, uh, you know, meaning warm up, warm a wet washcloth or, sure, or something sure, is, is sure. a good idea. But personally, I'd say ice is better than heat in most cases. Okay. All right. Yes. Well, that, and that's kind of where I'm at with it. Sure. But I'm just certainly open to hearing from an expert. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. And again, the jury's honestly kind of out because everyone's different. And, and because the underlying pain generator and pathology is really what's at hand, which is where I'm, you know, interested to continue my own um, 
education on on precision medicine, learning you know what's underlying the individual sitting in front of me, right. and not a not a one size fits all approach, which is unfortunately a lot of medicine and a lot of chronic pain management and and, and data, I, and, right? And data, the data that's out there is generalized data. It's Absolutely. not n of one data. It, correct, and n of one data is is wonderful. Right, and, but the but obviously we both know sitting here as functional medicine uh, right. believers, right? That uh, that most cases in Western medicine are based on the epidemiologic uh, data and right. studies, and you really need to focus on the person sitting in front of you. But how do you, you know, in traditional medicine, how do you sneak in a little bit of of your belief of precision medicine, of personalized medicine? How do you sneak that in just a little bit? Great question. Sneaking in personalized, individualized medicine is my favorite thing to do. Nice. These days. <laughs> because a, it sometimes will surprise the person sitting in front of me that I really take a deep dive into them. That and you hear them. And I hear them and I listen to them. And I really want to help their lifestyle, their individual underlying pain generator, if I can figure out what it is. Which I like usually that. I can. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So much more still to come here on Tate Talks. What choices can you make at home to, to dramatically improve the health and happiness of everyone in your family? This and so much more right here on Tate Talks. advice for your personal wellness radio 111 presents tate talks with functional medicine instructor jason tate here's jason thank you for listening with me today this is jason tate and i have here in the studio my friend dr jeff smith and we're talking about pain management we're talking about personalized medicine specialized medicine i just asked the question uh, how do you kind of sneak in this personalized medicine approach with your patients? And I love the answer that you said, this is your favorite thing to do. Mm -hmm. It is. <laughs> Absolutely. It's fun. It's fun. And I can, and I can utilize new strategies that I'm always learning. Yeah. Which is great. And we, your patients must love this, right? That they wow, do. he actually, he actually hears me and what I'm saying. He's not trying to give me a bottle of pills and send me home. He, he's giving me information. That's exactly right. It's rewarding. That's fantastic. All right. So you have this beautiful family. I haven't met your kids yet. I'm looking forward to meeting your kids, but mm -hmm. I've met your wife, Alma. Mm -hmm. You have this amazing, beautiful family. What are some things um, that you and Alma do at home for your family, for your kids that you feel like are game changers that, you know, you're really into health and fitness. What are some things that are just kind of the norm in your home that you're just really happy that they're there as far as you know, helping to build a healthy family and a healthy life together. Thank you. That's a great, that a wonderful, a, a great subject. My family, great topic. <laughs> yeah, I, love, right? I love the topic yeah. of my family. Thank <laughs> you. My, my 10 year old, six year old daughters are wonderful. My wife, we uh, run a couple of businesses outside of my uh, medical uh, career. Uh, the kids are super active in sports and school and uh, great students. And we obviously take a lot of, um, 
uh, pride in, in their a- uh, academics. Uh, my wife is also accomplished academically with a, a PhD in nutrition. Um, and she's in, in this world as well, right, uh, yeah. with fitness we'll, and, we'll and nutrition. We'll definitely get her on the show oh, in the future. Oh, she'd love to be on the show. <laughs> uh, but some of the things that we, uh, that are, that are definite things that we have to have in our house are, yeah. are, are nutrition and, uh, and exercise and sleep. So it, I already talked about sleep a you little did. bit. I want to ask so you how you implement sleep with a 10 and a six year old. We keep a <laughs> consistent schedule. Okay. And, and when we travel or when, when there's visitors, we try to still keep that schedule. Right. Uh, obviously that'll, that'll be difficult if there's a, a, a late thing going on with the family right. and a late right. dinner and a holiday, et cetera. But we, but we do our best yeah. and that works out in a consistent wake up and a consistent time to go to sleep or, uh, really what, what sleep experts are showing exactly. are maybe the number one thing to have consistent REM and deep sleep and recovery and uh, to be ready for your next day um, and, and for longevity, for really right. sleeping to, to your genetics and, and how you can continue to, to live uh, better for longer. And obviously we want that in our children and we want, we want them to uh, be instilled in those values young uh, f- uh, exercise and fitness they both play some sports uh, one is becoming a wonderful musician my oldest plays piano some ukulele now getting into guitar a little bit uh, <laughs> so she's been, pl- been playing piano for five years so music in the house all the time is nice. is something that we have whether it's on the on the the hi-fi or she playing piano or right. grandpa's over playing piano uh, so a lot of music around um, reading is important. My wife and I both read a lot. And so the, the girls are, are see, they see that. And right. so then that you know, my, my 10 year old and I read before bed every night, I'm reading my book. She's reading hers. I'm not, okay. re- I'm, I don't need to read to her anymore. She's, yeah. she's got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so she's reading for fun and, uh, and, and ec- movement and exercise. Right. Uh, obviously there'll be, uh, the distractions of TV and the, and the iPad and stuff, what, which screen time we try to really diminish as much as we can by locking those iPads with sure, the little app on sure, our phones. Sure. Sure. Uh, but, but we, you know, getting outside and getting, getting, right. we, we, we are campers and hikers and, and they don't always want to do that. And so we motivate them, uh, with, Hey, we'll go get a frozen yogurt maybe after <laughs> or something. But as long as they get outside, yeah, yeah, we want them yeah. outdoors. And so that's important. Obviously, lots of hiking trails here. And it sounds like also you do dinners together as a family. This is something that my wife and daughter and I do uh, every night. Yep. TV off, uh, discussion, talking, maybe some music in the background. But ultimately, it's time to hang out, talk and and talk about what we're eating and, you know, the and how we're, uh, you know, gracious. Uh, So gratitude is uh, is definitely part of our household as well. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And what does the Smith family eat? Uh, good question minimal processed foods we got rid of cereals a few years ago Uh, there's no box there's really minimal boxes of anything in the pantry Uh, whole foods I mean we just whole foods Uh, we we are omnivores Uh, I'd say Mediterranean diet Dr. Sugar would be proud good Uh, Mediterranean style diet Uh, healthy healthy oils avocado oil and things to cook with Uh, good quality olive oils and uh, not overcooking. I'm I'm a grill master and a smoke okay, master, but okay. not, not too much of those. Not over the top, but um, 
And are the girls cooking yet? Are they getting into it? Uh, the ten-year-olds, the ten-year-olds cooking. She knows some stuff. We, okay. yeah. I mean, right. trusting her at the stove and the oven are still a little sooner the better. That's all I, I gotta say. I know. The sooner the better. I know. Get them into it. My yeah. daughter can whip up a killer meal. How old's your daughter? She just turned fourteen. Sweet, nice. Yeah. yeah the ten, yeah. My, my, uh, Sophia at, at ten. She's she could probably whip up something good for yeah. us. Yeah. Well, I do have to say, I love it. I love everything you've been saying. Uh, good luck when your daughters become teenagers Ooh. about the sleep thing. Ooh. That's all I got to say is good luck with <laughs> we'll that. Do our best. <laughs> <laughs> I know you will. Jeff, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so very much. You as well, Jason. I appreciate it. Thank you for everything. You bet. All right. Still to come on Tate Talks. I've got more for you here. Do you know the difference between fruits and vegetables? Do you really know the difference? I'm honestly asking you that question. How about the best ways to consume them? That's here on Tate Talk. Stay right with me. for all of you, your body, mind, and spirit. Radio 111 and Jason Tate team up to help you with Tate Talks. Here's Jason. Thank you for listening. This is Tate Talks. I'm Jason Tate, and I'm so excited to have you here with me today on the show. I have an important question for you. Do you know what a fruit is? John, you're not going to answer this. Okay, because you gave me a smart-ass answer offline. <laughs> I do know what fruits are, and I eat a ton of them. It's Good. actually, I would, I hate to say this, but fruit is probably clear, close to 50% of my diet right now. Interesting. I eat lots of apples and can, berries Can we shift that a little bit into veggies and then fruit? Well, I mean, I have a fair amount of vegetables, too, but... Okay. Yeah, I like hardly... I, and I know you're not a carnivore, <laughs> no. as, as your guest was just <laughs> indicating he was. But, um, however, I am still. However, it's so rare anymore. And uh, I've even moved a lot towards the uh, plant-based meats now. So, Which, you know, there's an argument that for and against that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, but, but we won't get into that. I'm going to talk about fruits and vegetables, though. Yeah, but I love fruits and vegetables. Good. Yeah, there's Good. very few things that are vegetables that I don't like. Um, I'm even trying to push myself past my limits before of Brussels sprouts and things that are very kind of bitterish to my taste buds. And, you know trying to dress them up so that I'm eating good food. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there are ways to do that. When I when I talk about this, you know, especially vegetables with teenagers, so many teenagers are just, they, they look away in revulsion and things like tofu and different vegetables. And I said, honestly, it depends on how you prepare it. You can prepare Brussels sprouts in such a way that it's, it's one of your favorite things to eat. Mm-hmm. So... So let's, you know, I'm going to venture into this fruits and vegetables because a lot of people are misunderstood, including our U.S. government, and what a fruit is, if you can imagine that, John. I can imagine (laughs) because they try and push tomatoes off as a vegetable. Yes. Tomato paste. And, And the reason behind that was because they were trying to eliminate pizza in schools and because it didn't constitute a serving of vegetables or fruit you know, or vegetables, I'm sorry. 
And somehow they passed off tomato paste as a vegetable so that they could keep <laughs> serving pizza Ugh. in schools to yeah. kids Ing- for their serving of vegetable. Uh, first of all, a fruit <clears throat> is anything that grows uh, from a plant, obviously, and has seeds inside of it. Right. And tomatoes clearly have seeds inside of them. They do. They do. Yeah. And then when you look at a fruit, so just a bit, little bit of the science, the anatomy of a fruit, the outer layer of the fruit is called the exocarp. The middle layer, the meaty, the fleshy tissue of the uh, tomato or whatever the fruit is, is the mesocarp. And then the inside is an endocarp. And these words are really important because there are different classifications of fruits. And I teach this in my class. Palm, for example, one of them, the one that is kind of the quintessential fruit is an apple. Apple is in the palm group and so are pears. And can I ask, isn't it true that supposedly the the skin is really one of the healthiest parts of what you're consuming with the apple? Yep. 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 So the skin and this this goes with most foods with edible skin. Uh, For example, carrots, Mm. which carrot is a vegetable, not a fruit because it's a part of the root of the plant. So the difference between vegetables and fruit, fruits develop from flowers, vegetables are the roots, shoots, and stems, and leaves, the vegetative portion of the plant. On that note, let me ask just briefly about um, certain citrus things like oranges and lemons uh, and limes, where I know that they're bitter and awful to our taste buds in many ways, but people I also know use them by shaving them down and using uh, like the ground peels uh, in recipes. Sure. Yeah. Uh, It's called zesting where they zest, you know, the peel a little bit and eating a little bit of that peel after it's been washed is not harmful unless the the fruit is not organic. Ah. In organic fruits that are grown organically are ones that aren't covered in pesticides and herbicides and fungicides and all the sides. The others, however, are pretty soaked and saturated with chemical sprays. And you definitely do not want to consume the peels of those. So this is where it, it, it comes into question because, I mean, you order this beautiful, you know, meal at a restaurant or a dessert and it has zest from a citrus on the slice of cheesecake guarantee that did not come from an organic fruit because the organic fruits are, are quite a bit more and in restaurants are all about bottom line and profit. Right. So they're going to, they're not going to do that. So just be careful. Even in my mother's kitchen, I'll be honest with you. I mean, there's a few things that I know that she's done that with, and I'm going to tell her don't ever zest again, unless unless you bought an organic fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Because when it comes to, preventing cancer, when it comes to preventing gastrointestinal disorders, when it comes to optimizing your health, which is what this show is about, living your best life and and not being the victim of the chemical world that we live in. Mm-hmm. We want to minimize the amount of chemical intake from our food, the air we breathe, the water we drink as much as possible. And that just comes with being picky about what you're eating and what's what you're putting into your body. So it's okay to ask at a restaurant, is this you know, I, I was order, trying to order salmon the other day at a restaurant, and I asked, well, where is it from? And they said, oh, it's farm-raised. And I said, no, thank you, because I don't want to eat a farm-raised. I would rather eat, you know, pay a little more 
and eat high quality meat. So I'll eat something else. If yeah. that's not available, eat something else. And right. so you, you know, ultimately you decide what goes into your body at the end of the day, depending, it doesn't matter what age you are. You decide what goes into your body. You just need to speak up and be an advocate for yourself and for your body. And that's really important to do. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was having uh, last, you know, recently I was, I was teaching a lesson in fruits and vegetables because I was talking about the recommendations from the dietary recommendations here in the United States. And they say to consume whole fruits, which is a good dietary recommendation. And I asked my students, do you know why it's better to consume whole fruits rather than other forms? And by other forms, they mean fruit paste or fruit mm. juice, you know, and even smoothies. I had a, a student ask the question, well, what about smoothies? And I said, well, let me talk about smoothies in just a minute. But, but first, when you consume a fruit in its raw form, and I'll use apples as the example, eating an apple raw as is in its natural state. And an apple is one of the dirty dozen that you definitely want to only ever eat organic apples because they are one of the most heavily sprayed and pesticide crops. When you're not buying organic apples, you're really getting a high load of chemical pesticides and you don't want that in your body. So definitely eat organic apples and taking a bite out of an apple. There is so many health benefits to that. First of all, like John mentioned, the skin is really healthy, but the actual chewing motion of chewing something as fibrous as an apple is improving your dental health. Okay. This isn't just something good to eat because of what's inside the apple, the actual chewing of something that is so fibrous and so dense because fiber in our diets is something that we're missing especially in America with so much of our food is pre-digested already. I mean, think about biting into, uh, even a burger. So much of it is, is so soft, like, except for the burger itself, almost everything else, the bun and the cheese and everything that can just, you can just hold it in your mouth and it would just liquefy, <laughs> right? Because it's gross. not anything you need to chew. <laughs> I know. This is gross have to that think image. about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the burger, you kind of have to chew it up a little bit, but everything else would just kind of liquefy. Yeah. Uh, when you're biting and, and chewing an apple, this is actually helping your dental health. It's also good to get some of the beneficial bacteria that's on that apple as well. You know, it, we, we shouldn't be so scared of getting healthy bacteria into our bodies because most people have a gut imbalance and, and don't have healthy bacteria. So eating the apple in its whole form, you're getting the fiber. You're getting, now apple is a, is a high sugar fruit, high to moderate. When you're eating it, it's lower because you're getting all of this fiber that helps to kind of slow down the release of insulin. A fruit that a lot of people like to eat that is kind of the opposite of that is a grape. Yeah. A grape doesn't offer a lot of fiber and it has a higher amount of sugar compared to the amount of fiber that it's, uh, that it's offering you. Same thing with watermelon. Right. These are high glycemic index fruits. They have great vitamins and great minerals. However, they do trigger a pretty high insulin release. My uh, rule is I try to stick to fruits that are under 50 on the glycemic yeah, index. Yeah. 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 And that's and smart for anyone, I mean, diabetics or not. Peaches. Uh, are great too. And, Peaches are great. Uh, one of the things I love, I go, in fact, I, the only place I can consistently find them is the 99 cent store. Okay. But is guavas. 
Oh, okay. And guava right. is, you know, they make a great snack because the ones that they have there are these little tiny ones that are kind of bite-sized. They're, you know, probably four or five bites, but sure. they're, you know, uh, the size of a little bit bigger than a walnut. And, and so, you know, have two or three of those and I'll slice them up and, and they're really good for you. Really rich in vitamin C. Yeah great fruit to eat and yeah. there are tropical fruits so they're not available in a lot of places and i that's funny that you can find them at the 99 cents or i don't ever see them at sprouts <laughs> yeah occasionally i'll find them at um cardenas okay as well you know okay. um, all right but yeah it's like i actually want to imp- uh, bring in like four or five um guava trees and plant them in my backyard because wow. i love that fruit i used to live in hawaii yeah as i know you yeah did. yeah yeah i've and been many times i love the guava love, there love it well, the thing about and it's you know, different, by the way, than smoothies. Yeah, it's different than the guava that you have, like in a guava nectar, which is oh, pure sure. sugar. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. The drinks. So, if you were to juice, for example, an apple, one apple, you get a little bit of apple juice, and you're thinking, hmm. I need more juice than that. So you'll juice a second apple, and maybe if you're really thirsty, a third apple. And this really is is at a point now when you're drinking three apples, that is a lot of sugar. Now imagine trying to eat three apples. (laughs) Even if you're hungry, you'll probably stop at one and a half, maybe two and be like, whew, that's a lot of apple. (laughs) Add a little peanut butter to it, you know, for some protein. I I prefer almond butter um, for, you know, for that experience. But, you know, and you've got a meal. You've got a really you know, fairly powerful snack there with apple and almond butter and it's pretty filling, but try to eat three apples. It's, it's, it's tough. Drinking three apples, however, is very easy to do and it spikes your blood sugar. So one food rule that I have that I've shared with my students for years is eat your fruits, don't drink your fruits. And so a student asked me, well, what about smoothies? And I said, well, smoothies are kind of that middle ground. You're putting the whole fruit in there minus the pit and the seeds. And you're, you're putting the whole fruit, but the blender does a lot of the chewing for you. And in that case, the blender is kind of taking away some of the fiber that you're going to get from the benefits of it. But here's the beauty of smoothies. With smoothies, I can throw in kale and spinach and a bunch of other greens that people don't normally eat on a regular basis. And I can sweeten it up with some apple and some red beet. And with that, now somebody's getting these beautiful nutrients inside their body that they normally wouldn't eat on a regular basis, certainly raw. So that's the beauty and that's the power of smoothies is to be able to get these beautiful, dark, leafy greens into your body in a way that you like it and that you enjoy. Coming next on Tate Talks, this week's Empty Your Cup with a gentle guided meditation to bring peace and positivity to your day. Get comfortable, get relaxed and ready. Your guided meditation is up next on Tate Talks. Tate Talks continues now on Radio 111 with Jason Tate. This is Jason Tate, and you're listening to Tate Talks. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I'm so looking forward to sharing my health and wellness information with you. And we are in the segment now where I get to do a guided meditation, one of my favorite parts of the show. 
Before this, however, I have Empty Your Cup, this nice little feature where I share some inspiring thoughts and words of wisdom. I have a couple of quotes for you today around the word peace. This first one, peace, it does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise, trouble, or hard work. It means to be in the midst of those things and still be calm in your heart. And that one is from an unknown source. I really like that one though. This next one is by Albert Einstein. Peace cannot be kept by force. It can only be achieved by understanding. I'll let that just sit with you for a moment. As we move into this next moment here, I want to remind you to find a nice, comfortable place to sit down, lie down if you're able to even. And of course, to shut off the sensory system of the eyes, close your eyes and really just kind of drop into this moment. I'm going to take you into a nice peaceful meditation, a guided meditation with the breathing technique, 416, inhaling through your nose for four seconds, holding your breath for one, and then exhaling through your mouth for six seconds. So once you've found a nice comfortable place to sit or lie down, eyes are closed, First start by taking a nice deep breath, filling up your lungs all the way, all the way, all the way. A long, slow exhale, let it all out. Beautiful. All right, we'll begin our inhaling for four seconds through your nose, holding your breath for one, and exhaling for six seconds on my count. Breathing in for one, two, three, four, hold. And exhaling for one, two, three, four, five, six. In for one, two, three, four, hold. Exhaling one, two, three, four, five, six. In for one, two, three, four, hold, exhaling, one, two, three, four, five, six, in for one, two, three, four, hold, exhaling, one, two, three, four, five, six, continue breathing, maybe even counting on your own, inhaling through the nose, holding that breath for just a moment, and then exhaling through your mouth. Letting the muscles of your face, the muscles around your eyes relax. Relax the muscles of your jaw, completely relax the muscles all across your face, your head, your neck. Letting this warmth and peace and relaxation moving down into your shoulders, into your arms, down past your elbow, all the way out to your wrists and hands. Completely relaxing your hands, letting them take any shape that they need to take. If you have thoughts that come into your mind, let them come and let them go. This is the moment, this is the time in your day where you just get to be with your breath. In through your nose, holding your breath for a moment, and exhaling through your mouth. 
taking this time, this moment in your life to be grateful, to be grateful that you have life, that you have breath, that you have eyes to see, ears to hear, a nose to smell, a mouth with which to taste delicious foods, and the feeling of touch, hands to offer someone a handshake or a hug. We have these gifts. This life itself is a gift. Sometimes if we don't think about it or don't focus on it, we take it for granted until it's gone. So cherish it, enjoy it, love it, understand it, and be grateful for all of these amazing gifts that you have in this life. Taking a nice deep breath in through your nose, filling up your lungs all the way, all the way, all the way. Long, slow exhale, letting it all out. And as you're exhaling, gently letting your eyelids rise, coming back into this present moment. An example of just a couple of minutes, taking a breath, taking time out of your day to be grateful for who you are and what you're doing in your life. Speaking of gratitude, I would like to extend gratitude for my guest, Dr. Jeff Smith, who was in the office today, who was in the studio today. Uh, you can be found at desertortho.com. That's D-E-S-E-R-T-O-R-T-H-O.com. You can call the office 760-568-2684 and ask for Dr. Jeff Smith. He's a friend. He's a great guy. And he really is looking out for his patients. And I love that. Tate Talks is here at Radio 111 every Sunday and on all major podcasts to provide current, up-to-date information with regard to health and wellness, to inform and inspire you to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.